0: Hello, I am Bob Mooney. I am a Bible teacher in the local body of Christ, and I have been an interim pastor of a home church for a number of years. I hope you find these Bible lessons a blessing and of practical value. This is our eighth lesson in studying first John, and today text will come from 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. But first, I'd like to take a moment to look over Lesson 7, and in that lesson, I said that we must never allow ourselves to become complacent or satisfied where we are in Christ. Content? Yes, but we must remain in the vine, for once we become complacent, we separate ourselves from the vine, and eventually we shrivel up and die. I don't know about you, but I want to be a fat, juicy grape not a raisin. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So let us continue to live and love as Jesus did and become the fattest, juiciest grape we can be. Well, let's continue with our text in 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. And in these verses, we're going to look at the three basic categories, little children, young men, and fathers. Verse 12, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. There are basically two schools of thought regarding these three age groups. While most commentators realize that John is not talking about natural age, but spiritual maturity, some see little children as believers as a whole and only see two basic groups, young men and fathers. Others see three basic groups, little children as young believers, young men and fathers. For our study, I really don't believe it makes a whole lot of difference whether we see two groups or three. I also want to point out that when John writes men, I believe he also includes women as well. So again, for this study, I want the listeners to automatically think of women too when I mention men, just in case I forget to add them too. In these three verses, John repeats himself on each of these groups. We should take this as a sign that John really wants to emphasize his points here. This is a writing style that John uses throughout his epistle. And as I have said before, John is considered the apostle of love, and rightfully so. John uses these three verses to encourage the church, both the young believers as well as the more mature ones. So let us look at each of these groups, starting with little children. In verse 12, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. And also in verse 14, I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. Personally, I see this obviously applies to all believers, so I tend to lean towards the two-age group idea. Here, John states two important beliefs that every believer needs to have a good understanding of and a strong belief in. Our sins are forgiven because of what Jesus did for us, and that through his forgiveness, we now have a relationship with the Father. Well, let's look at the two age groups, young men and women. Verse 13, I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. And in verse 14, I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. I want to take a moment and interject a godly principle here. In Hebrew, the word Masada means a strong tower, a mighty fortress, a foundation on which one stands. One letter difference, Masuda, means a snare, a trap, the exact opposite of Masada. Hebrew writings had no vowels in it, only consonants. So the word MSD, the word Masada or Masuda without the vowels, could be a fortress or a trap depending on the text. The same event, the same experience can become either a Masada or a Masuda depending on your attitude. If we look at the test from the U view and we say, Oh Lord, why is this happening to me? Get me out of here. Why do I have to do this? And he doesn't have to. Whining and complaining puts us in the hands of the demonic. We open ourselves to the demonic and it makes us bitter and will eventually destroy us if we don't change our attitude and our thinking. If we take the Yah view, the godly view, the Masada the divine view, we release angels of God rather than the angels of the second heaven. It becomes a test to make us better and establishes us and gives us a foundation for the rest of our lives. It is not what happens to us. It's how we take and react to what happens to us that determines if we come bitter or if we come better. And notice that Bitter and better also has only one letter difference. The Greek word periosmos means to test, to assay. It is the idea that out of every test, God is expecting something good to be revealed. It is like a miner taking an ore sample to get assayed, to get tested, to find out how much gold, copper, silver, or lead can theoretically be extracted out of each ton of ore. It's the same way with God. When we go through difficult circumstances, tests if you will, God expects us or expects to reveal in us the gold in our character. The gold he instills in us. But we must ensure that our attitude and our focus remains on him and not on our circumstances. The young men and women John is referring to here are the men and women who understand that their strength comes from the Lord. And that strength comes from enduring the trials and tests that come to all of us in life. These are men and women who have had the correct Yah view and have kept their eyes focused on the Lord during their trials of life and have been in a position to have God strengthen them through their victorious battles with the enemy. They have also been made strong by allowing the word of God to renew their minds. They have allowed the word of God to abide, to live, to dwell in them continuously. It is the word of God that gives them the strength to stand and to overcome. Their tests and trials have become their fortress instead of their trap. Paul put it this way in Ephesians 6.13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. This isn't their first rodeo, so to speak. They have fought and won many spiritual battles. They have learned the principle that it is God's power and strength And they have the responsibility to grab hold of them and use them wisely. Well, let's talk about fathers and mothers. In verse 12b, I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. And again in verse 13b, I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. These two verses are almost identical. This is John's writing style to repeat himself. He is emphasizing his point here. Here, John is encouraging the fathers and mothers who have known him who is from the beginning. The key word study Bible defines to know, the Greek word gnosko, as an acquired knowledge, knowing by exposure to something, knowing by learning and by experience. These fathers and mothers have known their Heavenly Father by being exposed to Him, learning from Him, and having an intimate relationship with Him. They have had these experiences not just over a few days, weeks, or months, but over an extended period of time. They, too, have been through the battles the young men and women have been through, and probably more. They, too, have learned to stand firm on the foundation of God's Word, they too have seen many victories, trials, and tests. Perhaps the subtle but important difference between young men and women and the fathers and mothers is this. The young focus on what God has done for them. Fathers and mothers are focused on what God has done to others. Fathers and mothers have a heart to take what God has poured into them and pour it out into the lives of other people. Their heart is discipleship. And one last point before we close. The church does a good job of telling people what we are saved from, namely hell. And sometimes I wonder if we do that too much and concentrating too much on that aspect. Don't misunderstand me. I'm grateful that hell is not in my future. But the church needs to press on to what we have been saved for, loving the Father, loving the brothers and sisters, keeping the commandments, and walking in the light. What John is saying here is, dear believers, I know your hearts and minds are focused on our Heavenly Father. Be encouraged as you travel through life and mature in your faith. Keep your heavenly perspective and remember whose you are and all that he has brought you through and all that you have received because of his name. Keep pressing deeper and knowing him who is from the beginning. I hope you have been blessed by this message. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at rmooney at carolina.rr.com.